Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on Holy Communion. Welcome to Being Lutheran. Pastor Brett Bow here. Have my friends, Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian Ricky. Yes, welcome, welcome today. We're walking through the Lord's Supper. Yeah. You know what? I think figuratively, last... not literally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Walking through the tulips. Oh. <laughs> Symbolically? Oh! oh sorry. Oh, there. <laughs> sorry. Oh, did we no. say vocation last time? I don't uh, think no, we did. No, you did the first one, so let's just say vocation. You have to do vocation. it twice to apply it backwards. Yeah, yeah. there we go. We're, we'll, 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 we'll work vocation into it here today a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Listener, you just wait till we get to yeah. two vocation. <laughs> two vocation, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the listeners will be sending white flags to us that wave themselves when we open the mail. It's like, please, talk about anything else, please. But, well, actually, well, I hope that we don't feel that way because no. honestly, vocation is worship. And uh, that is the wonderful thing that we as freed believers, new creations in Christ Jesus as we respond in the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace that God has given to us in our baptism, we get to. Mm-hmm. Not because we have to, yeah. but because we love Jesus as mm-hmm. a response of faith motivated by love. And it yeah. is half the Christian life, right? Assurance of salvation and vocation. And it's worship. And, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, cool. yeah, we're doing good. Yeah. And the Lord's... And we're doing well. Doing. <laughs> Thanks done, for done did good. correcting your uh, English grammar. Doing good yeah. and doing well. There's a Weird Al song dancing through my... Uh, if anyone has heard the Word Crimes song that he oh, parodied. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, Some of those songs are crimes. ingenious. Oh, my my a, kids were, for a short time when they were younger, we listened to a lot of Weird Al mm-hmm. songs. We're, that's where we are right now I, yeah. with our, my kids. <laughs> I, I, I grew up on Weird Al, and that, he was one of my first music loves. And I was reminiscing with a friend of mine a while ago, and in, in, we were sad. It is harder to appreciate Weird Al's genius today because we don't know the songs he's parodying anymore. Mm-hmm, the, yeah. these, the contemporary, you mm-hmm. know, top 40 stuff I don't listen to. And so you hear a song, it's like, this is amazing. And then you're like, this is the original version. I was like, oh, wow, that is really good. But, <laughs> you know, I like when he did... Uh, when he did Amish Paradise, yes, I knew right. all the words yeah. to Gangsta's Paradise. Yep. I was yep. like, wow, this is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe we shouldn't have admitted that on air, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> all but the way back he, to the 90s. He is good. Oh, I mean, you can say what you want to, yeah. but he's a very talented person. Mm-hmm. He's very talented musically, but he's very talented. I mean, well, vocally. Vocally. Oh, my word. And mm-hmm. well, it's he. He often, when he uses a parody, he uses the same rhyme scheme. So mm-hmm. not only is it work in the song he's doing, but it, it fits almost as an overlay over the original song. So the yeah. it, the cadence is the same. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. White Nerdy was always yes. my favorite White Nerdy is my favorite. Yeah. The only question I ever thought was hard was, do I like Kirk or do I like Picard? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a great line. Did you ever see they redid the video and they had Donny Osmond yeah. dancing yes, in the background? Yeah. That is so hilarious. Yes, I, I, I even saw that. the behind the scenes video where everyone was just rolling because he, Donny Osmond was just, sweet he was just right. owning it back yeah. there. And Weird Al couldn't see him. And he got done. He's like, what are you guys laughing at? You know? <laughs> anyway, back to uh, the right, Lord's Back Supper. to communion. Oh, now that we've set that up nicely. Weird Al, Weird Al episode. Yeah, the Weird Al yeah. episode on the Lord's Supper. My goodness. Aren't we white? Nerdy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. 
Right. We are very white. Okay. What's anyway. our second question of <laughs> communion, Brad? Yes. The second question, what are the benefits? And we've kind of already been talking about that a little bit because it's just hard not to. Well, it all touches each yeah, other. Right, really, it yeah. does. Yeah. You can't have a complete clean break between no, each, each topic. No. It's like yeah. a Venn diagram. Ooh. Yeah, it's like spaghetti yeah. versus a TV dinner. Yeah. Hmm. Because it's just now, all one lump on now your I'm plate. hungry. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for that. You guys ate before you uh, got yeah, here. Right, yeah. You guys brought Taco John's and McDonald's. Did you bring any but for the engineer? Well, oh, no. Well, yeah. Which is good because I'm not eating that right now. In our so. defense, you told us to bring our lunches, not bring food <laughs> for you. Brett asked, should I bring This is, this is a behind the scenes. Yeah. 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 And I just baseball. said, yeah. yes, that would be wise because I am fasting from solid food. Oh. So it would be wise unless you want v8 juice or water or like coffee yeah hey did you hear okay i'm gonna bring this up oh okay yeah. i'm sorry i probably shouldn't uh. fox news this guy who drank nothing but beer <laughs> for lent he lost 40 pounds <laughs> wow did you guys see that no i didn't the views uh. of brian ricky do not necessarily <laughs> represent the views of the being loser podcast yes I, I could say something, but we'll just move on. I'm All right, making, what are the benefits of okay, the I'll, yeah, what I'll, mar- I'll mark the time. Speaking I'll of mark, benefits. Yeah. I'll mark the time and I might the, cut that section the, out. The segue from that to this. Yeah, uh, there's there benefits go. in the Lord's well, Supper. It's, it's funny. The, 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 the question, what are the benefits of Holy Communion, is yeah. really rephrasing the question, why does the church do Holy Communion at all? Why is this a part mm. of the collective consciousness yeah. of the church and the collective practice of the church for 2,000 right. years? Not necessarily that. Uh, oh, I'm losing my. I'm sorry. Well, it's most of it is just because Christ told us to do well, this Christ in remembrance to, but of me. I think for a large part of the 20 centuries of the church's existence, the church has simply done communion without mm-hmm. actually thinking about why we do it. What is the purpose of this? Mm. Which has led to the flux we have now in American Christianity, where the the Baptist observance of communion is light years away from the Lutheran observance. Yep, it's an ordinance. Communion and, yep, and, and we've got yep. all of these things. How did we get to this level of diversity with from one simple institution mm-hmm. of Christ? I know. And you asked a profound question off mic, which uh, it was a good question. How did we get here? How did this yeah. happen? How, and, and, my answer, and I again, this is my opinion, and it might not reflect that of, <laughs> of being Lutheran podcast, but I think it has a lot to do with laziness and a non-intentional commitment to teaching these wonderful truths of Scripture, mm-hmm. the sacraments, and how they're not a part of our church services as they should be, word and sacrament. Right. Yep. Yep. It, maybe there are some Lutheran pastors and church people that tend to tone it down because they want to be like the rest of Christianity? Yeah, there's, you know, I think in some Lutheran circles, uh, we tend to treat our Lutheran distinctives in almost an apologetic manner. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a defending the oh, faith, shucks, but um, yeah, yeah. apologizing, oh, this is who we are, but we don't really believe that, right? <laughs> kind of a thing. Uh, but it's... It's stunning to me if you sit back and I'm not a historic theologian in any sense of the imagination, but if I sit back and I look at the the scope of church history, 2,000 years, 
And then I look at the scope of biblical theology. It makes all the sense in the world to me why we have the diversity of opinions we do on baptism. Mm -hmm. Because the material in scripture on baptism is vast and it is diverse. And you're, we, we were establishing, we were clawing to establish a common theme among the baptism verses mm -hmm. because uh, the Great Commission says a different thing than Acts 2, 38 and 39, which says a different thing than Romans 6, 3 and 4, which says a different thing than 1 Peter 3, 21, which says a different thing than Galatians 3, 27, yep. which says a different thing from all the historical allusions in the Old Testament. Well, when it comes back to communion, a vast majority of what communion is, is exactly the same passage repeated four yeah, times. Yeah, There's right. less of it, yep. but it, it is all extremely all consistent. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, so Matthew, Mark, and Luke mm -hmm. have recorded the exact same words of institution, and yep. Paul repeats them, mm -hmm. and then Paul, for our benefit, gives us one verse or two verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, mm -hmm. and a little bit of explanation in 1 Corinthians 11, and everything after that is a stretch or an illusion. But also, mm -hmm. just reminding us that where he got it, this is what was yeah. given to me. I have passed down what I, what was given to me by yeah. the Lord, yep. and that's what we're doing. Yep. You know, and I think that's the blessing and honor of that. You know, not that in any way, shape, or form we want to sound like we're better or more, we're, we're smarter or better pastors. But I do think there's a blessing in embracing these wonderful sacraments that Christ has has, has given. And the thing that I find about it um, is when people who maybe weren't taught that when they were younger or whatever, or their ch last church didn't really stress those things, I've never heard that before. Is it really this? I'm like, yes, it mm -hmm, is. And then mm -hmm. we talk about it. And most people are moved. They're, they're moved at what it is, as we talked about last episode, yeah. um, but then what the benefits are. Yeah. And when people start to really understand the benefits of the Lord's Supper, man, then people get excited about coming to communion. Mm -hmm. People get excited about, oh, communion is yep. this, you know, this weekend. Right. So, yeah. yep. it's, it's a rare confession, but one we should be making more often, that Christ does nothing flippantly. Christ doesn't waste words. Christ yeah. doesn't yeah. waste right. our time with what he teaches and the gifts that he gives us in scripture. Yep. And actually, this is kind of on the fringes of what the final project for my doctorate program is going to be on, is the blessings for the church to get back to the basics of the faith and, mm -hmm. and the need to catechize every member of our church. And, and Lutherans, I'll give us credit, Lutherans, we do a good job at catechizing our teenagers. That's the whole mm -hmm. right of confirmation. And for the most part, it works. There's problems. Uh, we need a reformation of how we do confirmation in the church. I, I will fully admit that, but we do a good job. And, and uh, what Lutherans don't do a good job, in my estimation, is we do not do a good job of catechizing our adults. Mm. And so the, the general tenor, regardless of the Lutheran denomination you're in, is you leave all of the basics behind at confirmation. And I think that not everybody grows up with a Pastor Jason Goodham or a Pastor mm. Brett Bow Or a Pastor and, Ricky. And well, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> sorry. I had the right voice for that, for any of those who like the still Amazon sick. Echo yeah. Silver thing, yeah. you know. Um, but a lot there's a lot of pastors who really failed to teach these things passionately to children in confirmation. Yeah, so wrote, I, I've heard, wrote. yeah, I've heard that a lot where confirmation was just kind of something people did, yeah. you know, and so catechizing adults is important. And I think that trying to create a, a beautiful liturgical church service, worship service that is also didactic, mm -hmm. I think is important today because yeah. uh, you don't know who's out there. You don't know who's sitting in the pews and what background they had. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. So it's, you know, getting back, that was a long way around to get to the question, why do we receive communion? What mm-hmm. are its benefits? And, and having Christians stop and thinking about that in and of itself is important. Right. And probably the typical non-Lutheran response would be, well, we're remembering yeah, it's remembrance. So remembrance. Yep. I, I, I think I, that's a huge point you make, Brett. And, mm-hmm. and I think we can learn a lot from going to each denomination's confession of the most important words mm-hmm. of communion. And so I think, you know, the Baptist mm-hmm. side of things would would cling to the remembrance. Mm-hmm. You know, that would lead us to the symbolic interpretation. For the Lutherans, as much as we say the is is the most important words in communion, really the most important words from a Lutheran perspective are for, for you. you. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> I still I still hold to the is. The is is fine. And theologically uh, yeah. speaking, is is right up there. Right. But as far as what are the benefits of communion, yeah, why are we you. doing communion? Yep. Jesus twice. I know. In mm-hmm. the words of institution, says these yep. words, for you. He said right. is twice too, though. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't see right now, Brian and I are each holding sabers and we're just going back and forth. <laughs> oh, but, nice. but the for you part, and we will get to the is, we and, will absolutely get to the is. And that's, that's why we, we jokingly say we, yeah. we emphasize those, those words yeah. for you. Well, but it is. You know, like you talked about last time, does the clergy's sin or the sinfulness of the clergy have any bearing on the validity of the Lord's Supper? And the answer is absolutely not. No. It's, you know, it properly puts the emphasis on the promise that Christ gives us and gives us a purpose for communion rather than us being distracted by something else. We're not distracted by the specificity of the elements in and of itself. So we're not fighting about those, you know, bread and wine, and we're not distracted by our own piety or our worthiness, but we're, we're coming to the sacrament with that for you. You are receiving mm-hmm. a gift when you come to the altar and you are receiving that gift you're receiving is forgiveness for your sins. Mm-hmm. Have we read the small catechism for this? I don't think we I don't did. know if we've read that. I, I'll go back and read that. It'd be good. It'd yeah. be good to revisit that. Re- refresh ourselves in that. Um, what is the benefit of such eating and drinking? And this is the answer. That is shown us in these words given for you and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This means that in the sacrament, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are given us through these words. For there, for where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. Amen. And then maybe, how can bodily eating, can, yeah. Yeah, bodily how can eating, bodily eating and, drinking. and drinking do such great things? It is not the eating and drinking, indeed, that does them, but the words which are given here, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Yep. Given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. The promise of God. <laughs> The word of God animates the sacrament. We said that in baptism. We'll say that mm-hmm. in communion. Uh, it is our connection to what Christ has done for us on the right. cross. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's proclaiming the gospel, as, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians mm-hmm. 11, because it's proclaiming that it is finished, the paid in full aspect yeah. of Christ's atoning right. sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And that's how we all, yes, we remember, we bring the cross and the resurrection forward to the here and now, but at the same time, we're also the part of for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. We are receiving the forgiveness of, of sins and proclaiming mm-hmm. the forgiveness of sin through Christ's body and blood. You know, I don't know how much you guys have interacted with um, non-Lutheran views of the Lord's Supper, especially the uh, symbolic view. Um, I'm just wondering how they would handle uh, that part where it says, for the forgiveness of sins. Are they disconnecting 
the the interactions that I have is that you are reminded that your sins were forgiven at the cross. Gotcha. That's okay, the best yep. I can say. It's Again, it's the remembrance, right? Mm-hmm. And so you come to the altar and you are reminded that, yes, Christ has died for our sins. We are forgiven because mm-hmm. of Christ's death. It's disconnecting the forgiveness, actual forgiveness yeah, it's, something it's else. placing the forgiveness at the cross instead mm-hmm. of in the moment with the application of God's word. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, in a sense, a memorial. Yep, yeah, it's a memorial right. feast. Yeah. Right. That's actually what some churches will call it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if if this is being misrepresented by anything, please contact yeah. us, and we Jason we Goodham, more than willing yeah. to be no, corrected. <laughs> yeah, the Being Lutheran, the contact page is on our website. You yeah. can find it there. Leave a comment on the episode. The comments are active on each one of the posts on mm-hmm. beinglutheran.com. So do that. We we don't want to misrepresent anything. We are giving our best understanding of what we know right now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and Paul made it really clear. I mean, as he was addressing the church in Corinth, he was trying to address that people were abusing it mm-hmm. and that we are to examine ourselves in a worthy manner because of the real presence of Christ. Mm-hmm. Again, we want to be careful that that, that presence is mysterious and with and under are the words that Luther used and that I use mm-hmm. to explain and embrace that mystery that we don't know <laughs> the how mm-hmm. of how God does this. It is the power of his word, is the power of the saving gospel of Christ, but yet... To deny the real presence is to kind of deny scripture. Mm-hmm. And I say that gently, um, but I think that you are not really looking at what Paul was stating in Corinthians if you do see it in a symbolic way. And I didn't really grow up Lutheran. I mean, I went to Lutheran churches, but it was never really taught to me in a way that that you guys are teaching now and that I teach now. And I have really come to embrace these things because they are what Scripture says, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm yeah, thankful for that. Yeah, we were talking last time about not going beyond Scripture, yeah. and, and I kind of—I don't know if I said it on our last episode or in between—but sometimes we need to be encouraged to go as, as far, far as Scripture, as scripture yeah, goes. Exactly. It, yeah, it, sometimes it, it kind of gives us material that we're uncomfortable yeah. with until we can parse it out with the rest of Scripture. The key, as always, is to compare Scripture with the rest of Scripture and let Scripture speak for itself in that way. Mm-hmm. One of the things I want to touch on with this, and speaking of Scripture, is that communion is one of the antidotes to one of my pet peeves in the American church today, and that is the content of the gospel. In the American church today, the word gospel is empty and meaningless and devoid of content. You just say the word gospel and everyone kind of nods and assumes we know what you're talking about. And then you can connect it to anything, anything at all and call it a gospel ministry. And in, in, well, if it's a gospel ministry in the church, we certainly can't oppose it. And so the, the seniors tennis gospel ministry can be a thing, right? Or, you know, I'm just I'm up. just doing the gospel and we're, we're just doing some random yeah. thing. Communion reminds us that the content of the gospel is the forgiveness of our sins. It's the, the gospel is the body and blood of Jesus Christ shed for us and in our place to cleanse us from our sins. And yeah. the church needs to get back to that. It is, well, I, I've harped on this in my own congregation that if you hear the word gospel, and it is void of context, you need to press that issue and say, what do you mean by that? Define gospel. Mm -hmm. Because if gospel is being defined as something other than the death and resurrection of Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, then we are not operating on the same plane and Mm -hmm. we're not at the same playing field as those who we're trying to have a dialogue with, have a conversation with. Exactly. In so many places, gospel just can be used in anything to give you permission to do whatever you want in the name of the church. I know. The the other thing that is a great benefit, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but it's just, it's a refreshment. It's being refreshed in in the mm-hmm. power of, of Christ's 
words, mm-hmm. it is finished. It's, it's, uh, it helps in my assurance of faith. It helps me to resist Satan. It helps me uh, to continue to walk in a manner worthy of yeah. the calling of Christ, not because I have to mm-hmm. or for some fake display of piety or whatever, right. but it is an act of worship. And it's being thankful, and it brings that gratitude. And that's the beauty of, of embracing a life of confession and repentance toward a salvation without regret is resting and trusting in the freedom of Christ, resting and trusting in the freedom of Christ, but then also receiving that assurance of faith mm-hmm. uh, and that just wonderful uh, pronouncement that your sins mm-hmm. are forgiven in Christ Jesus. Yeah, it, it's the same gospel grace that we get from baptism. Mm-hmm. And it's the same gospel grace we get from absolution, right. from the preaching of the word. Mm-hmm. means the grace of the word, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And in and, and one of the, the overlooked features, this is something that Luther highlights in the large catechism, is the benefit of communion is that it allows us to resist the attacks of the devil. Hmm. And you, you don't often think about it, but Luther highlights here three ways in which Satan attacks us. He attacks us through self-righteousness, mm-hmm. attacks us through despair, yep. and he attacks us through apathy. And again, communion works as a solution and to combat those three attacks because it, it makes it impossible mm-hmm. to be self-righteous yeah. if you're receiving communion. It makes it impossible to despair if you're receiving communion. And it makes it possible to be apathetic yeah. if you're, you're coming to the altar to receive the Lord's Supper. All three of those attacks are negated because of what God is doing for us in the sacrament. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That, that's amazing. Now you, you, you think about self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. How are you going to be self-righteous if you are approaching the altar in repentance Amen. saying, I need yes. Christ's yeah, body and blood right. to forgive me right. for Amen. my sins. You know, yep. this is one of the dangers we're going to talk about later, about the need for examination yeah. in communion yep. so that we're, we're coming to the altar repentant. Yeah. Uh, but, but at the same time, you know, we talk about people who won't receive the sacrament because they're feeling unworthy because they're despair. Communion is the answer to your despair because Absolutely. the body and blood of Christ yep. are right there yeah. for your forgiveness. They're yeah. physically present. They're here right now for you. Yeah. And then it's impossible to be apathetic. You know, people mm-hmm. say, well, the rote repetition, this, that, or everything. But if you're really mm-hmm. thinking through what communion is mm-hmm. and what communion is doing for you, you can't say, huh, meh, you know. Jesus' body, but you just well, can't say that. <laughs> it, it's funny because our, our early service, which is a traditional service, has more liturgy and stuff. We have communion every week. Mm-hmm. We serve communion every service. And uh, I know that some people that have come in as uh, new members or whatever, they're like, why do you guys do it every week? And I'm like, why not? Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> the benefits are, yeah. are so great. And it's funny because she, she at, at about six weeks into the, the, the final class, she goes, you know, she goes, every week I kind of say, well, I'm, not, I'm just not going to take it this week. But every time that you go through the words of institution and every time you proclaim that this is such a, a beautiful means of grace, she's just like, I don't, I don't want to be left out. No. She's like, I want, I want to be in that communion, that unity that it brings that you had talked about mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago, because it does. It not only knits us together with Christ through his forgiveness, through his, his death and resurrection, but it also knits us together as a congregation mm-hmm. in, in a unity of theology, in a unity of Christ-centeredness. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. I, I might be wrong on this, and so someone who's been through this part of the Book of Concord more recently than I... Uh, can correct me on this, but I think it's in Luther's section in the large catechism where he quotes Augustine in this section. And why do you take communion so frequently? I think was the question. And Augustine says, I always sin. Therefore, I always need to take the medicine. Amen. 
you know, and it's it's an amazing thing. Yeah, it's you know, the you, gas there bill. will be a, there will be <laughs> there will be a time for us to discuss the the differences in the frequency of communion. And there's a large push uh, in conservative Lutheran circles that churches should, in fact, be offering it every Sunday. Who don't? Um, my church, and this is a matter of just honesty for what we're representing here, my church is first and third Sundays, communion, and then all church holidays. And so one of the things we discussed when I got there was, you know, what if Easter falls on the second Sunday of a month? You know, we should really be having communion on Easter. And there are other ones. It's like Reformation Sunday should be a Sunday for communion. And mm-hmm. in my church, uh, you know, in the AFLC, this is a matter of congregational polity, the frequency of it, because it's not prescribed explicitly in Scripture. Mm-hmm. As so my, often as you. Yeah, as yeah. often. Yeah. Uh, my church has come to the conclusion that we will maintain that. We, we've twice addressed the issue of receiving it weekly, and the congregation has decided that. And you can make whatever assessment about that you want as mm-hmm. far as my role as a pastor is concerned and everything, but that's where we stand in the AFLC. But regardless of it, it's when you are there, when the words of institution are spoken, when you're, you're taken through the exhortation before communion and all of the theology behind it, it is designed remedy for our sins. It is mm-hmm. right there in the moment. And it's, it's, it's so interesting uh, but as we serve communion as pastors, you know, it's a lot of the time going through serving each table that comes up, it's a distracting moment. And then I have that one moment where my communion assistant serves it to me. Mm, yes. Yep. You have that. This is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's, Same it's, it's, it's yeah. 20 seconds yep. of, of, of sublime gospel application for me as a pastor mm-hmm. where the rest of the service, because I'm leading, it is mostly a distraction as I'm trying to smoothly move from one element of the service to the next. It is one of the only areas in the sermon that I am able to participate wholeheartedly mm. in what God is doing through the service. And it's, it, I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, amen to that. Amen. Well, I do have a verse. If you guys are interested, I suppose we should wrap it yes. up. Yes, yeah. And uh, next week we talk a little bit about who is worthy, yep. which yep. is a good question to, to, to discuss. So, listener, please tune in next week. Here we go. Uh, Luke chapter 22, as Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, uh, was celebrating Passover, one that he greatly desired uh, to be with his disciples. He says this, beginning in verse 19. And he took the bread. And he had given thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after he had eaten, saying, This cup is poured out for you, is the new covenant of my blood. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on Holy Communion. God bless you and have a great week.